Welcome to Personal Finance Cat, where I share my personal take on personal finance. Hi friends, we're going to talk about steps of real estate investing today. At first, the title for this episode was Simple Steps for Real Estate Investing. But then after I wrote the script, I was thinking, this is too long. It doesn't really seem simple. Truth is, it is simple. It's just not easy. And there are a lot of considerations which I want to share with you as much as possible. But anyway, let's get into the episode. I want to start with why I think real estate is still the best and my personal favorite investment vehicle. Real estate, especially residential rental properties, has a very straightforward business model that everybody can understand. The top line is rental income, and the operating expenses are very predictable and typically include utilities, maintenance, taxes, and property management fees and mortgage payments if applicable. And then there is your profit. In this country, with an affordable housing shortage, there is definitely demand, as long as you price your rents right. I invested in three different states with different economic conditions, demographics, and population growth. Yet, I really have not experienced a situation where the property is sitting on the market for longer than a month before it's rented out in any of these markets. Anyway, my point is that it's a very simple business to understand and operate on. Doesn't mean it's easy, as long as you know your numbers and have the right team in place. The grass may always seem greener, but over time, I realized that if you can only do something on the side because of the limited time you have, the fastest type of investments to generate cash flow and increase your net worth is real estate. As you probably already know, I've also ventured into some other investments or side gigs. They're either not generating cash flow unless you sell them to realize the gains, for example, gold or crypto, or it's very time consuming before you can realize any kind of meaningful income, like YouTubing or podcasting. I think I made my case, but just to share one more fun fact. Over the last two centuries, about 90% of the world's millionaires have been created by investing in real estate. The reason is that you can double dip in the cash flow and appreciation. And there are so many creative ways to invest in real estate with relatively low capital to start with. Last but not least, I remember there was a Rich Dad show that talked about how the old royalty level wealth was preserved, meaning the kind of wealth that lasts over hundreds of years through generations. Surprise, surprise, one of the three ways is through real estate. I found a US news article that wrote something very similar to what Rich Dad talked about, and I'll cite it here. This type of wealth has survived not only business cycles, but also war, invasion, the collapse of empires, revolution, and natural disaster. In order for family wealth to persist through so many centuries and through such adversity, something more is needed than ordinary investment skill. This rare kind of success in wealth preservation requires a longer view, infused with a sense of history and a keen appreciation for worst-case scenarios that too frequently become real. When one inquires of family members and representatives as to what it takes to preserve wealth over centuries and not just cycles, the frequent reply is a third, a third, and a third. This is shorthand for dividing one's wealth into one-third land, one-third gold, and one-third fine art. I'm not a big fan of gold, doesn't mean that it's not good, because one of my key investment criteria is cash flow. 
and I'm certainly not one to recognize, purchase, and preserve fine art, which also doesn't generate cash flow. So the only one left then is land, aka real estate. Because of these reasons above, I would definitely consider real estate to be on the top of the list of the best investment vehicles. Thinking back on how we started investing in real estate, there are definitely so many mistakes we made. In this episode, I want to provide the correct and ideal steps you should take to invest in real estate. While investing in real estate does require capital, there are creative ways to get around that. There could definitely be a separate episode about creative financing strategy. Before I go into the concrete steps, I want to give a big shout out to Bigger Pockets. For those of you who haven't heard of it, Bigger Pockets, according to their website, brings together education, tools, and a community of more than two million members, all in one place. You can learn about investment strategies, analyze properties, connect with investor-friendly agents, and more. I personally benefited tremendously from their content and their forums that allowed me to meet several key people in our investment journey. In this episode, you will hear many references to Bigger Pockets. I wish I started out with Bigger Pockets, but reality is that I did not, and along came the mistakes that I was referring to earlier. So I want to introduce you to this great resource to make sure you can start out the right way. Number one, learn the basics and decide what type of investing you want to do: rental, flip, or wholesale. The best way to learn is through podcasts, YouTube, books, etc., many of which are free. Bigger Pockets has all of these resources available. If you're just starting out, I suggest that you listen to some of their earlier episodes because they were friendlier to beginners. Alternatively, they have this Real Estate Rookie podcast now. Which is more geared towards people who are just starting on this journey. The three main types of real estate investing, rental, flip, and wholesale, all have their unique advantages and disadvantages. My personal favorite is rentals because that's how long-term wealth is generated. However, it's a slow process. Flips, on the other hand, can generate some quick cash, but once you're done, you have to do it all over again. Wholesale, for those of you who are not familiar. Is to get a good deal through direct marketing and turn around and sell it to somebody else without even taking title to it. It sounds like a great idea because in theory you don't even have to put in that much capital other than the marketing fees. However, it's very difficult to implement, especially when you don't have much experience. Why? Because it's hard to tell what a good deal is without experience. When we started out, we spent eight thousand dollars on a wholesale course, and guess how many wholesale deals we did after that course? Zero. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it because there are certainly some very successful wholesalers out there. You do need to have persistence, obtain good knowledge about the market, and network, network, network. We should have invested that $8,000 in a rental or fundraise instead of this course. The content of the course was definitely all out there for free. There is nothing secretive about anything about real estate investing. You really just have to do it. Number two. Decide where you want to invest. In the good old days, real estate investors tended to invest in their backyard. I remember in the early podcast episodes, Bigger Pockets founder Josh would explicitly or implicitly mention the two-hour rule, which states that no matter where you live, 
you can find areas with a reasonable real estate price within two-hour drive. I would agree that this is true where I live, even though it's a very expensive market. We could and we did find an area within about an hour drive in which we now own 14 rental units. That said, I don't know how generalized this statement can be anymore. From what I heard, especially on the West Coast, California in particular, where the housing price has gotten so ridiculously high that even high-income professionals would have a hard time finding a primary residence to buy. So I can only imagine how difficult it is to find a rental property that is actually cash flow positive. That said, it doesn't mean that you should just give up. Long distance real estate investing has become so much more feasible with the technological advancements these days. As a matter of fact, David Green from Bigger Pockets wrote a book on this topic titled Long Distance Real Estate Investing how to buy, rehab, and manage out-of-state rental properties. Personally, we've also started out investing in real estate long distance, sight unseen. In particular, we've never stepped foot on the properties that we own in Indiana. We also have another property in Georgia, which I did go visit on a work trip there. These properties are performing well cash flow wise and went up in value since we bought them. So it's definitely doable. However, a tip I do want to share is that try to focus on one area and expand from within that area. Otherwise, it's hard to scale up and build efficiency. Number three, network and build a team. Networking is not only important for obtaining knowledge, but also for building up a team. As I said earlier, we met a few key members on the team by going to meetups. The team in my mind would include the following. Real estate agent, lender, contractor, property manager, title company, and insurance broker in the order of importance. A good real estate agent here means the investor friendly kind who are also an investor him or herself. The reason why a good real estate agent is the most important is because they can introduce you to the rest of the team members. That's exactly what happened to us. I met our first key contact during a meetup who is a real estate agent. He then became our property manager and provided us with an investor-friendly contractor. He has also sent us various referrals for lenders, title companies, and insurance brokers. Funny thing is that we never bought a property with him being the agent, although we did write plenty of offers with his help. It just so happened that our properties all came off-market, so we didn't have to go through an agent. Guess where these off-market deals came from? That's right, networking. Number four, set your criteria. Without risking boiling the ocean, you want to narrow your search criteria so you get good at a certain type of properties. It doesn't have to be fixed, and ours certainly evolved over time. However, to start with, it's best to know what type of properties you have the funds and capability to handle. For us, when we started out, we looked for single-family houses with two to three bedrooms at a purchase price around $50,000 and with minimal repairs needed. Then the criteria evolved to be small multifamilies with two to four units per property. Most recently, we acquired a six-unit multifamily property. It certainly had to do with our capital available and the capability of the team members we know we can trust. The sixth unit in particular turned out to be a gut job, which really required us to rely heavily on our contractor to finish the job and a private money lender who can provide the funding. Number five, analyze the deals. 
Once you have a team and have your criteria, tell your real estate agent and other people in your real estate network those criteria so that they can provide you with deals that may meet your criteria. Any real estate agent should be able to send you automatic alerts for properties that meet your criteria once they hit the market. When you receive these alerts, analyze as many as possible and as quickly as possible, especially in this hot market. BiggerPockets has many webinars that teach you how to analyze a deal, and it also has a very good deal analyzer you can try out. I believe the first few are free, but if you want to use more, you have to upgrade to a pro membership. If you don't want to pay for that, there are also plenty of free Excel-based deal analyzers out there available. You can also easily build your own once you understand the principle. Like anything, the more you practice, the better you'll get at this. The bottom line is that you need to ensure that the property makes you money, either as a rental or a flip. In other words, the reason for analyzing the deals is so you do not overpay for the property. As you may have heard, for real estate investing, you make money when you buy, not when you sell. Number six, make an offer. Once you find a property that meets your criteria and will make you a profit, put in an offer ASAP. In today's hot real estate market, speed is critical. This goes back to why having a good real estate agent is important, because they can help you send in an offer in time to be able to get the deal. Better yet, they can probably serve as a sounding board on whether this is a good deal or not. The key here is that you want to make an offer at a price that is financially sound, and don't let emotions get in the way. Nowadays, especially with the market condition, people tend to get emotional and engage in bidding wars and overpay for the property. Don't let yourself be one of them, and have patience in order to get the right deal. Number seven, close the deal. Before you close the deal, make sure to do your due diligence. Do not waive inspections, etc., in order to get a real sense of what the conditions of the property are like. If you are not good at this yet. Partner up with someone who has more experience. For us, it's the same real estate agent slash partner. He was already ahead of us and owned many rental units when we met him, and he was also on the ground. With his help, along with that of a professional inspector, we would know whether a property is worth pursuing or not during the due diligence process. He also helps us with estimating the renovation costs occasionally. One thing to note: with wholesale, you may be able to assign the contract without officially closing the deal. Although you also do have the option to do a double close. Closing the deal is usually fairly easy. You usually just follow the lead of a closing agent, who would make sure all the ducks are in a row with the right paperwork in place and signed properly. Number eight. Renovate the property if needed. Whether you want to hold the property as a rental or flip it for profit, you may need to renovate it. Renovation typically doesn't apply for wholesaling. For anybody who has some kind of experience in real estate investing, would know that contractors are the hardest part in this business. Here, my tip again would be networking. We found our main contractor that way. I would also recommend David Green's book again. He has some very good tips about how to get effective bids from multiple contractors. How to put clauses in the contracts to incentivize them, and how to negotiate better terms with the contractors in general. The first biggest mistake we made relating to contractors was not having any contractors on the team, and ended up missing out on good deals. The other big mistake we made was using contractors with blind trust, and he ended up taking our money without doing any work. We were able to get the money back by taking some legal action, but it shouldn't have had to come to that point. The key lesson is never pay the contractors before the work is done. 
Number nine, rent it out or list it for sale. This step should be fairly easy if you priced it right and have a good agent. Like I said before, we've never had any issue renting out our properties. I would say though, nowadays with the fast increase in rents caused by inflation and low supply, we're probably not the best at increasing rents to keep up with the market. It is certainly important to reasonably raise rents on a regular basis because you don't want to be the mom and pop landlords who don't raise rents for 10 years and end up not being able to sell their property at the right price when it comes time to dispose of your property. If you're flipping, I would say now it's really a good time because the prices are going up so fast. So you probably would make money even if going in it was not a great deal and or the repairs exceed your budget. A word of caution is to always have an exit strategy if the property doesn't end up selling at the price you planned for. This may be much more likely during a recession, so plan for the worst by either building in a lot of cushion or have a property that would make sense as a rental too. Another word of caution is definitely do your due diligence when selecting tenants. Don't rent out your properties to people who have eviction history, bad credit, or things of the nature. We have definitely done that by putting blind trust into someone we knew who was a contractor that worked on the property. It turned out that he couldn't pay the rents and we had to evict him. Number 10. Realize your profits. Here comes the fun part, getting paid. It's either through rents or sales proceeds. Just one pro tip here. Do the right thing and don't let profit be the only goal. In other words, don't be a slumlord and don't be a flipper that puts a lipstick on a pig. Real estate is a business, so as any other business, your reputation is key and once you lose it, it's very hard, if possible at all, to rebuild it. At the end of the day, business owners are there to fill in a gap between supply and demand of a certain product or service, in this case, housing. If they do it right, handsome profits would follow naturally. There you are, the 10 steps of real estate investing. Again, they're simple, but by no means easy. The best advice I can give you is to jump in and learn along the way. Don't fall into the trap of analysis paralysis. Real estate is a long-term game. Even if you make mistakes, time will quote-unquote fix your mistakes most likely because of appreciation and debt pay down. That's what I love about real estate. I know the market is hot right now, but you can never time the market. You may see some people who seem to have timed it really well, but the truth is that they have always been in the game, so they could capture the relative good timing. If you're always on the sidelines, you will see the opportunities come and go without being able to grab them. All right, that's it, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave a rating or review or share it with your friends and family if you find it helpful. Until next time.